Welcome to part one of my conversation with Blue Moon Spirit's Grace Star. She is one of my favorite go-to crystal people. She's got such a lovely laid-back attitude and she conveys that relaxed feeling with the stones in this conversation. And then next week we'll do some surprise mediumship conversation. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins, and this is my podcast in which I talk about metaphysical topics that are catching my attention. You can find me on the web at bluelightninghealing.com. You can contact me at Susie at bluelightninghealing.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, hit the support button, share with your friends, share the love. Thanks. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins, and I am here today with my lovely, lovely friend, Grace Starr. She does rocks. That makes it sound so, so casual, but that's the approach that I like about Grace is that she's got this, yeah, you know, this is something we can all do. It's cool. And this is how I see it. It's refreshing. Come on in, Grace, and tell us more about yourself, please. Oh, hi, I'm Grace Starr, and I've always loved rocks. Uh, I would drag around buckets of rocks for years. Every time I moved, it was my buckets of rocks came with me first thing. And I didn't know why, but then maybe seven, eight years ago, I started reading them and making jewelry and understanding psychic phenomena and realized that was all the same thing I'd been doing for a long time. So all my rocks are my friends, and I love introducing other people to them. And your website? My website is bluemoonspirit.com. I write about the stones I'm selling. And I also have a page on how to learn to read, write rocks yourself for yourself. That's oh. what uh, I enjoy a lot is people who come up, would come up to my fair tables or do come up to my fair tables and explain to them, you know, this is a, a rose quartz. And they want to say, well, what does that mean? And I'm going to say, well, tune in. And if you let yourself, you can feel it and going on from there. So I do that a lot with the work that I have online and in person. Do you find that the energy signature is the same from person to person? Say, for example, with the rose quartz, do they get the same thing or? No, one thing I absolutely uh, say to people, is, I teach you get your perceptions from the stones. Um, you're going to read them for what the energy does for you. Um, nobody's body chemistry is exactly like someone else's. Neither is their spirit or anything else. And so um, the mineral contents in one stone, which is an energy, are going to have a different vibration for your body's vibration than someone else who's walking around on a different dial. They're going to interact differently. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've ever known anybody who's been allergic to a particular... Uh, okay. I know I was on iron after the birth of my first, and it just didn't work for me. I needed to get not a, a supplement but I do better when I actually get it from an unprocessed source, like eating it. So is that the same thoughts? Like it depends on what form or that body chem, you, you just said body chemistry. Yes. And I suppose I meant body energy. Okay. And I was trying to relate to your iron, to your body. Biochemical is one thing. It needs an iron molecule in the middle of a little biochemical unit uh, for that protein to function correctly and exchange the energy it needs in the body. That's not the same as, say, iron energy outside your body. And I'm talking about the molecular energy for the simplest explanation. Okay. A molecule is mostly empty space, but it's charged empty space. 
And so when you have a rock, it is a collection of molecules and they have an overall charge. And I would say the same about your body is a collection of molecules and you have an overall charge. The same as each of your organs or areas of your body would have an overall charge, which is the combination of what's there. Oh, okay. That makes and, and no person is the same as another. So that's why a rock is going to be affecting people differently. And I just encourage people to learn how to feel rocks for themselves. Okay, cool. Because sometimes I do get bogged down in that whole, well, this is what this book says, and that color is supposed to go there. But that's, you're saying that's not always what the actual truth of the matter is. So everybody reacts um, differently. I don't do well with rules first, but that's me. Those are tools. And if you are just learning, that's a beautiful place to start. And if it continues to work for you, then you don't need something else. All of these people are very wise. I've tested some readings with some books or I'll do a reading and then I'll go look it up. And I generally get the same thing from people. We generally are on the same channel. We generally are picking up the same sensations from stones. For me, there's no one answer. It's an individual. It's kind of like reading tarot cards. I know people who sit there and look at books and they have notebooks and notebooks of all these interpretations. And then I'll go and look at them and I get it intuitively. That is part of your charm. You don't follow the rules. And I just kind of just like don't have the patience for rules. So I totally get it. Okay, you said you, from a kid, you even carried buckets of rocks with you. What was that journey? What's that path to put you from a kid picking up, say, rocks off a beach or off the playground to to where you are now? I'll tell you what, it's kind of, to me, it's funny. I got laid off from a job. I think I must've been on unemployment because I wasn't desperate to scramble and find another one at the moment, but I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours online looking at rocks. And after a month or two of this, I went, well, maybe there's something here. And that's when it started. <laughs> it turns out, and I, you know, I had been an artist all my life and I, I stopped doing art and now I just work with rocks and do rock art. <laughs> Very and it's been cool. perfect, you know. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, because I love that you would be at the Blue Moon Spirit events that you hosted here in, in Washington State. <laughs> it was great. I understood you had to have that first table so you could greet people going in, but it was always so fun to look at your rocks and to see how you wrapped that one. And you did a class taught us how to wrap. I haven't done it since then, but I do have the supplies. I'm one of those. I'll buy the supplies. <laughs> then I have to focus. You're really uplifting and supportive of that. If something didn't work, you're like, that's okay. You've learned how not to do it. You can move on and do something else. I've been looking at a variety of places and finding rocks that attract me. And I'm not feeling the pull for any of them right now. I don't know if that means that, yes, Susie, you have enough. I don't think that's always true. I, I want to know about the website then. Tell me about the website. I'll mention that you have no pull toward rocks. Uh, your energy is um, fulfilled right now. You're happy with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Your life is rich. You're looking forward to things. Quartz would always energize you, but... Rocks are good helpers when you have a need for something too. That's what yeah. they mostly when people come to my table, there's a need or a curiosity. They want to learn. It may be a tool for their psychic development or something like that. I have found that there are a lot of rocks that will come to me at a, at a time where I, I definitely tune into it. And, and you're right. They do create this foundation. I, I'd see them as being an external focus for something I may need to work on internally. It's like the cards. Mm -hmm. I call tarot cards tangible 
thing that I could point to if somebody's like, how are you doing that? And while I've been talking to their guides the whole time, the guides will say, no, point to this thing and tell them this is what started it. I can see that they are a launching point for healing. So as long as you're focused on how to heal yourself and, and the stones support that, that really helps. But stones aren't the only kind of readings. And you're, you're talking about doing a stone reading first. I want to know what that's about. What I have been doing is people will come to my table and they'll either ask what's a good stone for them and I just reach and pick it up. I mean, that's how technical I get. Or I, I may scan their energy because I'm a psychic yeah. and I can see that they're very upset and they don't know what to do about things and they need a calming energy like a Jasper. Uh, if they pick up a stone, I mean, I could I read their energy and I read the stones and I tell them why they're attracted to it. Does that explain what you asked, just asked? I think so. Yeah, that's how you do a stone reading. I know someone who has a particular grid that she's got set up and then she has you pick up stones and then drop them and then she'll read it from there. But your style of reading is different. Or I will be doing stone reading remotely. I still will probably pick a few stones and then read those for the person. Essentially, I'm still reading their energy and stone energy and giving them a compliment to what they need at the time. Oh, you also appear on Winnie's Angels sunday events and mm -hmm. and that's always fun and when we pull cards for that you pull out i don't know how you have your cards set up but you have different cards and you say you just shuffle them all together and i just haven't gotten to that point <laughs> <laughs> but the cards you pull are always on points i'm curious to know do you have like this bucket of cards next to you or is there a box oh, i mean yeah. how does that work I have a purse and I just put all my decks in there. So when I want to pull cards, I reach in there and pull some out. <laughs> and um, <How> fun. <laughs> I, I did study doing a little formal tarot and I pulled for myself for like 20 years. And mostly what I learned is don't mess around because they don't kid. So I'm very careful what decks I choose to use because I only want the, for me, positive images because I can't, I have too much trouble overcoming negative stuff. Then, you know, and they always suggest what they're about if they don't already say it. I think that over, if, if an item is not empowering, I don't believe it's a good service. Now, you may have severe difficulties to look at. And first, you have to be willing to do the little baby step to start to look at it. Yeah. And that's a big step for some people. A lot of people, that's a huge step. And, and that's part of where the empowering is. We've covered a whole lot recently about shadow work and looking at that part that you don't want to look at. And I think one of the things that came out there was a fear of facing the fear, or a fear of seeing what you might find. There are people around who are happy to help in whatever capacity they need to. It's just reaching out. Reaching out for help is not weak, not at all. I tie that to the root chakra, and I'm also not, chakras aren't my big thing, but the rocks do correlate. Red jasper is one that comes to mind a lot, the root chakra standing firm on the earth. Tourmaline is a grounding stone, black tourmaline that a lot of people use, or obsidian also is even stronger. That really shoots lightning bolt down and out up. So if you use the jasper, it puts you firmly on the earth. And whatever storms are, I say, going by, but this could be ones that you bring up from inside that are it's time to face them. So you're standing firm on the earth. And this storm that you bring up, it doesn't tilt you. You're not the child you were where these traumas impacted you. You are an adult now. When you were a little tiny baby, depending on the people around you, you had no power, but you're not that person anymore. And part of facing your fears is seeing this. 
And like Red Jasper, when you're standing there firm and you bring up an image of a person who was mean to you, you've got the Red Jasper with you. You've got strength. You're standing anchored to this earth with a strong legs. And it's not the same picture anymore. What are the variety of ways one can work with stone? You have jewelry. I've got them sitting on my desk and I'll and oh, yeah. drawer and I wear them. I, and- I have them all around. They're pretty much they wind up living everywhere in my house, you know, <laughs> I have to. One time I cleared my table to have space and I couldn't stand it. Two days later, I put them all back in the way. Couldn't. <laughs> How do you work with them? You can have them as jewelry. You can have little pocket implements. A lot of people carry pocket rocks. To have them around you, you have their energy. Plus it's a subconscious reminder, even if you don't look at them consciously uh, about maybe something that you are looking for help with. You've got the subconscious reminder of your stones with you. As you learn, if you can't do it already, you can learn to picture the stone. You could even use a picture of the stone to bring those energies to you because it is a mental thing and psychic, it's perceiving. It's not, oh dear, how do I explain that? I'm not sure. Well, I, I you can I imagery to bring the energy into your mind of what you want to have. Yeah, because energy is energy. Energy takes all kinds of densities like the table has one kind of density it's still though made up Mm -hmm. of energy so you could call in you could call in the energy of a stone or just the energy that you're looking for for whatever result you're looking for yes okay like you remember um like a friend you have and sometimes maybe you're in a fix and you remember how your friend would act or say what they'd say or something like that well the stone's energy too with its soothing or it's uh, the behavior it suggests like aquamarine where you have life's difficulties and call them rocks rocks in a stream and the aquamarine teaches you to flow around them instead of fighting them if you fight them you make a bigger obstacle in your life but if you flow around it and you let life continue without having this thing become a life stopper, your life is smoother. So you can think of the energy of an aquamarine when something pops up, or you hit a pothole in the road and you go, hmm, you you know, that's not quite the rock in the stream, but it's the same idea. Don't make a deal out of it. it. It teaches you to let things flow. Don't make deals. You used an imagery, an image of rocks in a river and those get smoothed down. Does it matter what form the rock is in, if it's rough or if it's tumbled, if it's cut? Does it does that matter? Oh, I was thinking differently for that. And the problem itself could take any of those forms. But I was thinking of aquamarine as the water's energy, the right. properties of the water. And that flows around the rock. It doesn't stop. It just goes around. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't form its own physical obstacle to the rock. It reforms itself and goes around like glass is liquid too. Water is, that does, that's not a good analogy, but it's, it's liquid. Yeah, I get that. I think that's, yeah, I, um, that's The form of the rock. That but, would be like the form of the problem or the challenge you have. And that might become a different energy of what you're doing. If you're working with rocks in different shapes, that's a different description, okay. different context. Right now, I've got these two rocks. I have my, my jade turtle. That's all nice and carved. And then I have this Kenyan soapstone, which is rough, and it's called a heart in progress. Would the fact that this one, the the jade turtle is more detailed. Of course, now that I say it, they're like, well, pay attention to us and, <laughs> and listen to what we're telling you. It's like, well, okay, but I want Grace to say it. So that, <laughs> that sort of difference in texture, does that have an impact on how the energy comes through? First, I'm, first I'm going to read the stone energy for you. Okay. And then I'll read the extra attributes given by their shapes. 
the Kenyan stone energy is like um, uh, warm soap milk, how soothing it is to touch and feel. How it's, uh, it's very calming when you get smooth things in your hands. The rock itself is not smooth, but that is the energy of that stone. And it, it's caressing in a way. The jade turtle, and now that's a rough stone you're holding, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the jade turtle is the jade itself. That has such enormous wisdom. It can go forever with the wisdom it could give you. It's an amazing stone. So we'll go back to the, the Kenyan hand rock and its rough texture. When you're looking at the physicality of the stones, it's about what you perceive, what comes through your mind. That's part of your intuition working with the stones. This one has a delicious rough texture. It's nice to touch. It reminds you of the earth. It looks like a little bit of sandstone with it or something, sandy stone quality. The banks along the ocean or a creek or a stream. Uh, it's about the earth connection. Um, the color is very pretty, the cream color with a little touch of pink going on there, a peach. And those are also colors that go toward the heart energy because of that warmth than the giving. It's a lot of dimensions with a stone and so many ways to enjoy their qualities and so many ways they can give to you and you can receive from them. And um, the energies of stones, they're always there to give to you. They're almost like ambassadors of the earth. Yeah. There's not a bad stone. Um, when you can hear them start to speak, they're always friends. You know, they might be bossy or something, but they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> the jade turtle, huh. he's lovely. The, the touching the smoothness of yeah. enjoying the shape of the sculpture the you know the little forming of it how perfectly well it's formed the, the suggestion of the turtle and the turtle's properties um, their determination and steady persistence there's a lot of the symbolism going on this has that delicious jade olive green to it yeah um, the stone colors they're very much an appeal to the eye and the brain there's huge that pleasure is huge and it's just allowing yourself to feel it and enjoy that joy and there's a million books on color therapy or color meaning and a person is welcome to study that and enjoy it and look at it i of course do my own interpretation on it and especially i was a painter for years anyway so i'm in my own place i mean green is gorgeous it's the earth it's the trees it's the leaves it's the grass it's so many things how much more fertile and abundant and rich can you be with green and all of the colors come in at a different different shades and even the yes. stones do like i wear a lighter green jade bracelet and then a yellow jade bracelet and so yes. all, and then there's unikite in there which has got yet another green to it so the shades of colors are resin yeah now I, I know here i am about to geek out it's like ooh, i have this carved jade bird and i've got this lapis skull it's, it's like no 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 we don't have to do that today <laughs> you could go back and enjoy them even more i do and they become even more mean, meaningful yeah yeah well with you talking about the wisdom of the turtle i i admit i hearkened back to the times like well i read jade was about family and about this and that but you read so much more into it because you're you and and you, you you're comfortable doing that i get a little I get bogged down in so many details, but the wisdom, and he is a very soothing shape. This this turtle is very soothing. He's just hanging out, 
and he's like, stay calm, don't freak, things are happening. And so I will look at him with renewed respect. <laughs> it's more than just another thing I just got offline. That's cool. Thank it, you. I, I'm, I'm not going to hold up anything, all of my stones. I promise. Anything you find that works for you is perfectly legitimate with stones. And um, I believe that you can program stones with your intentions oh, and they will oh. your intentions and allow you, they will enhance your intentions. There's not one stone for any, any one thing. I'm getting a little energy kickback on that one. I mean, you can pick stones that will more enhance certain intentions for sure. Um, and I'm it's always helped. for good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see we're finding a stone whose inherent abilities, number one, agree with you, that they resonate with you is a good thing. So picking yes. up a tourmaline, yes. a black tourmaline, which you've said is a grounding stone, asking that to go not out of its scope or beyond its pay grade, but asking it to, to connect with divine in a way that it's not really suited for, because there are so many other stones to do that. Is that what you're saying? It's like, it's not that energy pushback you got on your statement. You, you, you can learn to feel your stones and they, they will, it's, it's a process. It's not something you do overnight. If you don't get any sensation now, you just continue to work and you just let your mind be open and anything that comes is good. I have met more than one person who cannot stand black tourmaline because it's too energetic for them. Oh. It fries them. Germaline actually does have an energy quality that is measurable as opposed to a lot of other stones. Oh. Um, I love all the tourmalines. They, I can look at pictures and tell if they're real tourmaline or not. I love them. Uh, those, I believe, are people who live more in their uh, mental energies or spirit energies as opposed to earth energies. Okay. Uh, that, that's without trying to make some kind of gross generalization. Those were the qualities of the people that I saw. And they truly could not, they, they had a complete aversion to black tourmaline and had terrible effects on them. Oh, okay. So you, you mentioned that you can check in the energy and see if a stone is real or not. Is um, Actually, I've, I was about to reach up and grab a pair of earrings. <laughs> it's like, there's been a debate. I can do it with tourmalins. Oh, okay. Okay. What was it? I was talking to another vendor some time ago, and I had those earrings in that have, it looks like a black stone, and I want it to be something like onyx, but she held it and said, nah, that's, she was confused. She didn't know if it was real or not. Is there either energetic, physical, or, you know, intellectual way to tell if it's stone or, say, a good plastic, or is there some way to do that? There's some tests you can do. Not not without getting into mineralogy detail. I have met okay. people who can read stones and tell for sure if they're real, and I don't claim that ability. Okay. I'm thinking it's black agate. Oh, um, okay. And then I look up to see if onyx is actually an agate. I know it's a fine stone. Well, I could actually like read it. There's so much to know, and I don't have a mineralogy degree, so um, I'm constantly learning, and well, I love here, it. Let me, let me get up and get the earring for you and try not to yoink myself on my... It isn't, no. Onyx is a chalcedony, but it's not an agate. Well, this one's got a chip in it, and it doesn't look like a plastic kind of chip. There is a sheen to it. So these, this is a rock. I've had these for years. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but I do know they're, they, now I'm sitting here with it. It's like it's really grounding. It's allowing me to breathe and not be as flaky. Okay, there. Thank you. Cool. Oh, haha. I love the way how this is all segueing. You know, I saw a chip in my rock. What if a rock breaks? 
I've had a black jet that I dropped and a chunk of it flew away. I've got a pink a rose quartz palm stone that pretty much broke in half. You know, what does that mean? What do you do? I, I don't necessarily want to glue things back together because that requires yet another piece of supplies that I just don't know. Oh, yeah. And you can do it with super glue or if you get rose quartz, you can't. But if a darker stone, you can use like car epoxy, metal okay. epoxy. And that works really good. But first, what does it mean? Typically, they say the stone has done its work. It's come here to be a service and it will change color. It may crack. It may develop cracks. And that's because it's been doing service for you. That's one reason. Once I had a hematite ring, I was working in corporate America and the ring just went and at that point, I was working out of somebody else's office and they had a potted plant. So I buried the hematite over there in their room because <laughs> thanking it. Thanks for what you're doing. I get it. I don't need to be in that place forever. But, you know, but there are other stones that I haven't let go of, like my jet. It's got a chunk out of it. And that earring with a little chip out of it. I'm not going to let go of it per se. And I was I was told that burying that rose quartz was a good idea, but it's like, but it's so pretty. Again, there's different voices come through too. And uh, they're not always the wisest. And I think that you should always follow your heart. You know, like I had one really giddy woman who I think was one of my ancestors and she was always encouraging me to do stuff. And I finally realized, uh, you're nice, but you're not real smart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ancestral healing. That's a whole nother topic. Right, right, right. But, you know, the same thing with your stones. There's the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and all this stuff. But what does your heart say? You know, I don't care to glue stones myself either because to me it's not the same after you glue them. Yeah. Um, they have stress factors in them naturally from the earth. And when you've taken them out of, they'll fracture in the earth. If you remove them from the earth and they go through the process, of the larger stone being cut, cracked, sawn, shaped, sanded, you know, there's a stress fracture there that may eventually just give way. It could yeah. be that simple. Stress fracture, that's understandable. You're in the earth, you're under great pressure and it forms. Harkening back to us talking about just how many stones we have around us in our, in our living spaces, is there some point where you can have No, I know not to ask, is there a point where you can have too many stones? Because immediately I'm thinking, well, no, you can never have too many rocks. No, nah, I don't think so. They're all, it's like this whole community I live with. It's like a village. They're all there. They all have their uses. They all have their beauties. You know, it's it's my own little, I don't know, city in a way. I used to joke I was going to call, we have the big blue truck. I was going to call and have them take everything but my rocks. And it wasn't much later than that. I got rid of almost everything but my rocks. And the house was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. So the energies work together. You don't get those petty jealousies between rocks because they're all here to help us. And that's just a human construct being cast on it. I get it. But that's Very. what I think. If, if, if you're feeling something like that, it's, it's aspects of you that are acting up. Wow. Okay. That makes also, sense. the fairies like to play as far as broken rocks and snitching rocks and pieces of rocks. They drive me crazy. I'll <laughs> drop a bead and it'll disappear before it hits the floor. And it happens to be a bead I was really wanting to work with or something. You know? <laughs> I understand that there are the elements like earth, wind, water, and fire that are attached to different stones and they help with other things. But the other elementals, like I've got dragon skull and I've got other things. Are there 
and the fey are those those sort of elementals are connected to rocks too they can live in them or ride along or is that an association what what is that what's your take on it i think it's whatever association you want to give them i don't read that so i can't be informed obsidian and dragons came together for me of course because of the fire energy i love all the volcanic rocks they're fabulous they come from the earth's fire yeah um, but i only say fairies because they plague me <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting the distinct impression that they're okay with that. <laughs> yes. We need to give her trouble. <laughs> Is there anything I've missed about how you work with rocks? No, not about how I do. I would like to say a little something about people coming up to work with rocks who sure. are curious but are unsure how to do that. Sure. Or if, if they you want to start working with rocks, yeah. What is what does one do if they want to start working with um, rocks? I might suggest an easiest way to go is if you come into a fair or a rock shop or someplace where there's an assortment of rocks, you can see what rock appeals to you. Or if you're not sure, you could do things like rub your palms together and clap your hands. And that activates your palm a little more, makes it more sensitive. Yeah. And then you hold your palm, one palm over the table to keep it simple and see if you get a tingling over anything. And that might be a rock that you're sensitive to. If that doesn't work, and there's a lot of people when you're first doing something like this, you try too hard. It is not trying. It is allowing. You allow things to come through. You can't try and make it happen. Right. If you don't get anything, pick a rock that you even don't like because you're getting a reaction to that. Just pick one and live with it for a while. And, you know, you can hold on to it, carry it around. It doesn't matter if you have a journal, jot down thoughts that come to you like this is stupid. It doesn't work for me. You know, why is this rock even here? You know, and you'll start getting some thought feedback as you keep going. And that's one way to get your intuition started if it's not working already. They're just there to enjoy also. It doesn't matter. You can just have them as a pleasure thing. And giving yourself pleasure from nature is as wonderful as life can be in my world. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, I okay. So when I first started on this path, Oh, so long ago when I was back in Dallas. So we're talking more than 20, maybe possibly 30 years ago. I had a collection of rocks and the first channel I ever encountered, I said, do you get anything from these rocks? And she put her hand on it and said, pretty little pictures and went on. But there was one stone I was particularly proud of. It was a quartz point that I found when we had gone out camping near a river and there had been a big rainstorm and the guy who had gotten there before was pulling up these clusters that were monstrous. And I was like, look, I just want to find, I set the intention to find one small one that fit in my hand and I found it and it had beautiful rainbows in it. I, I, I can see that being pretty little pictures are fine, but is there possible to go to an energetic break situation? We've talked about the physical breaks, but is there some point where a stone is just like, nah, I'm done. You need to let me go. That's if you're talking to your rocks or feeling them. You know, if you have a feeling relationship and that's the quality you get. For me, it's when I feel like the rock is done with its service to me or I don't need its service anymore. And then for me, I feel it's time to give it a new home. Okay. And I will take it to the fair and maybe give it to a person who comes along who needs it or sell it or whatever. Okay. Checking them away, it doesn't feel like that's an option. Oh, do whatever feels right. There's no right or wrong. Okay. 
because I did that that crystal. I, there was a time we were doing those flagstones where you put in all kinds of trinkets into it, poured cement on it, and then you put it out in your yard or whatever. And so I don't really know where that one is, but it's coming to mind. It's like, oh, you've been protecting my house all this time. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, was that an amethyst? Probably not, but no, it was a clear quartz, but it had some oh. fissures in it that really reflected the sun and and broke out into oh, rainbows that's... and prisms. It was beautiful. Yeah. It it was beautiful. So now I'm like, uh, I kind of miss it. I want to know. So we've talked about how we have our stones everywhere. Are there good places to put it? I, you know, this is every question I'm asking. I'm hearing very specifically talk to the stone, see what the stone wants to do. Because I picked up, let's see, one of my latest is a Libyan desert glass piece. Oh, those are wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tektite. Is that, does that refer to a particular category of stone? So it's the result of That's where a lightning bolt strikes the ground. And in this case, it's fused the sand into these stones. Cool. And moldavite is a tektite also, I think. Yeah, and I've got that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Does size matter with your rocks? No. I do prefer like something the size of what you held up, you know, an inch or two for a pendant, but that's with me. Okay. Cause I like, you know, I like my big stones that I can hold in my hand and you've seen my orange calcite at the events. So this one's very much an upper arm workout. Um, Yes. So it feels to me like that's an ego decision. No. Oh, well, I'm not going to challenge. I just enjoy them. And I, some, I like bigger stones. It's the stone. So like I have some big, bigger towers, you know, and I think they're really cool. And then I have little ones that are just super special. Okay. Boji stones. I acquired a couple of those. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. Can you talk to those? I'll have to look it up because they got a little story. They're blown around the desert or something. Is that what they're from? I I don't know. I had one. I know there's a male and a female. The male one here has sort of a, I don't know, a matrix on it. And the female is smooth. And they're shamanic stones. These stones in particular that I picked up had a background written on them. They're concretions. Okay. And they're from... Kansas. Concretions mean it's a deposit of stone that grows around a core. Like sometimes these are not fossils, but you'll get a little shell and stones grow around it into a little ball. That's the same idea. It started as a little pebble and got bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, That's where we're blowing around too. People ascribe different meanings to these. And if that feels right to you, go for it, run for it. Cool. They're really cool. Oh. And they say here it comes from Kansas and they have an obvious electronic electromagnetic energy with a negative and positive side. Well, okay. that would be normal anyway, because if you have an electronic energy, you've got a negative and a positive. So they're aligning them. So Okay, that makes sense. So your website, tell me about it. What's on it? Um, I do sell stone jewelry. I sell stone candle holders, uh, little uh, wand holders, stone bowls. Uh, they're made of Crete and stone. I want to be doing some other projects like that. I love working with the stones. I just love the whole messy process. I also have a page of how to learn to read rocks, which is a lot of what I talked about here. Uh, I'm going to have a sporadic blog posts. And then from the page, you can also go look at the Facebook and the, there'll be a couple of store sites and things like that. I'm still developing some of these things, but you know, there's always 
tons of room to grow, exchange with groups. I want, there is a Blue Moon Spirit group on Facebook and I'll be getting that go, uh, rolling with discounts and people can exchange their comments and I'll uh, put special postings in there to enjoy. Cool. And 